Chapter 22 of Snarled Identities. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Snarled Identities by Nicholas Carter. Chapter 22 Plans for the Night. The two men had some hours to kill, for they could not expect anything to happen before midnight at least although they realized that it would be well to be on the scene before that. Mrs. Simpson would, in all probability, retire at ten or eleven o'clock, and as Simpson could, and probably did, approach the hill from the other direction without coming through the village, he might appear sooner than they expected. Therefore Jack Cray did not hurry himself when the time came for him to report his findings they walked to the end of the street and turned heading back towards the centre of the village while cray expressed his amazement at his companion's reasoning that tribute having been paid he got down to business it's amazing he said doesn't leave me much to boast of i've got some facts though and even you need facts to put under your theories he went on to describe his call at the simpson residence and the various things which had interested him the new house the misfit furniture the facts that simpson himself had chosen the place the hasty move the fugitive's sudden interest in motor-cars his refusal to use the drive from the front and so on until the subject of the tire-tracks was reached very interesting murmured gordon the garage is metal you say and was locked you think then that the stuff is hidden there that simpson bought the little portable building for that purpose not to use it in the ordinary way that's the way it strikes me cray answered a place like that doesn't seem very safe for such a purpose but no one would think it contained anything of particular value besides it's far enough from the house to make an occasional visit sufficiently safe even in a car providing the car is noiseless and the neighbors wouldn't be any the wiser. Mrs. Simpson wouldn't have any interest in the garage, because she thinks it's empty. I see. Just how do you explain these different sets of tire marks, however? Your idea is, I understand it, that one set which you found in the yard itself, in front of the garage doors, was made several nights together, and Simpson brought the stuff there and unloaded it? Sure. Then how about the others? which seemed to show that he has been there more than once since then, but hasn't driven the car in. Those other prints are the most interesting of the whole lot to me, Cray returned eagerly. It was because of them I asked the woman where she slept and all that. Don't you see? This is the way I dope it out. He left the money the first time, and maybe in his excitement he didn't keep any back, or else he's been spending more freely than he expected. At any rate, it looks to me as if he wants more. Or maybe the stuff is drawing him like a magnet, and he's coming back to gloat over it. But right there, friend-wife steps in and interferes without knowing it. He thought he had everything fixed with her sleeping at the front of the house, and the garage far enough away that she could sleep with one eye open if she wanted to, without hearing him. Evidently, though, the very night after he banked the stuff in the garage, she upset all his calculations by deciding to sleep in that back room. Got the idea? 
It has three big windows right in a row. And as the nights have been warm, she has had them all open. He must have seen those open windows the next time he came, and evidently he guessed what they meant. Anyhow, he got cold feet and didn't dare sneak up to the garage for fear she would hear him and get up. That's why he has fiddled around and gone off again, and that's why I asked her to oblige me by sleeping in the front room for a night or two. The big man chuckled. I suppose she thought I was crazy, he went on, but I can't help that. I wasn't exactly in a position to shine in her eyes. But if she does what I ask her to, and shuts those back windows, I shall be very much disappointed if we don't catch our man red-handed tonight. You think he'll turn up again, do you? And that if he finds the coast clear, he'll lose no time in getting back to the gold? That's the ticket. Gordon was silent for a minute or two. Well, I certainly hope you are right, Jack, he said at length. And you must be, I think, for it isn't likely that we'd both arrive at the same point by totally different routes, unless there was something in it. We'll put it to the test at any rate. And if he doesn't show up by two or three o'clock, we'll burrow under one side of the garage and see what we can find. That will make it unnecessary to tamper with the lock, and we can fix things so he'll never know that anybody has entered the place. Then, after removing the stuff, if we find it, we can watch the empty garage tomorrow night and nab him if he puts in an appearance. Cray agreed to this plan and informed Gordon that there was a pile of lumber within a few feet of the garage. We can hide behind that, he said, and wait for him. We'll be in plain sight from the back windows of the house, to be sure, and Mrs. Simpson may spoil everything if she peeks. Let's hope, though, that she obeys orders and goes to bed without question. End of chapter 22